I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. I'm joined by Julio Gallarato. my dear fucking co-host friend. How are you, Julio? <laughs> What's up, man? I like that. I yeah, like that. baby. That good. We have a fantastic guest today. He is the godfather of the meme. He is the uh, visiting professor of virality. Whoa. He is <laughs> Tank Sinatra. Tank, how are you, pal? I'm so good. You know, I'm giving you your uh, your internet name here. Would you like to introduce yourself as your real name, or do you prefer to go by Tank Sinatra? I don't care, but it always sounds weird because my name is George. George. But everybody calls me Tank, so it's, it seems like I'm covering up a secret, mm. but I'm not. Like, I don't care. Either way, I will respond to both. Tank is what you people usually land on because it's way cooler. What do you mean, fun. you people? I didn't say you people. Oh. I said Tank is what people usually land on. I thought you said you people. Francis is feeling vulnerable today. Yeah, I can tell. Sorry, buddy. My hair's feeling very red today. <laughs> I can't relate. By George. I like the name George. My dad is a George. Uh, I was about to be George Corson Ellis the fourth, but wow. then mom stepped in. Um, <laughs> I have a similar story. Yeah? Yeah. Tell us. Well, I was about to be George Harold Resch the third, and my mom said, no, Harold. No third. George, fine, but we're going to give him my middle name, my last name, my maiden name, which is Bennett. So that's my middle name, but Bennett is now my son's first name. Wow. So I'm just... Fair enough. Bennett yeah. is just moving its way to the front of the name. <laughs> Made it all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> no. Can't go any higher. <laughs> what what possesses a parent to name their son Bennett as opposed to Benjamin or just Ben? Um, I think I just explained it. <laughs> so <laughs> No, no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you that. It's very different very different what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's a, I wanted I to keep the legacy alive. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that was great. No, that's idea. great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but, but Bennett, it, you know, do you, and will you call it, do you call your son Ben? No. I, so I think that, um, I, I like names. Obviously, Tank Sinatra is a name that I came up with that it's I think name. is largely, <laughs> largely responsible for the success. Um, Bennett is just, we can call him Ben. We'll call him Benny. I like Ben or Benny. But when people go, what's your name? Benjamin and he goes no it's Bennett I want them to go oops oh yeah yeah, yeah. and realize how stupid they were by the way I don't want to steal anything from Chris D'Elia. when I was thinking about coming here I kept thinking about his oops which is the funniest oops maybe ever that he just interjects into different oops yeah the way he says it yeah yeah, yeah. so I don't I'm not well he, we should no. get him on sometime we should yeah I'll talk to some people <laughs> <laughs> So my first question is this, as somebody who has created a massive viral meme Instagram account, do you struggle to inject your own face oh. into your brand? Oh, do you yeah. find that doing appearances like this is either jarring because meme accounts in by their very nature are anonymous, right? But you have added your own personality and your own brand and your own face to a yeah. lot of the work you do. Has what has that been like? So the the first time I did it hurt like hell because there was so much anger, and it was all my page only had like thirty thousand, forty thousand followers at the time, 
And I said to my wife, this account feels like it's not mine anymore. Like I don't like this feeling that I've lost control of the account. My, I'm not on the account at all. So I posted a picture of myself. I think it may have been New Year's Day in like 2016. And I lost like 500 followers, which out of 30,000 was a lot. And people were like, what is this? We don't want to see your face. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, well, now I'm just going to post it more. Because now I'm going to find out who's, who's a, I'm going to differentiate between fans and followers. And followers can leave and go and fans will either, I, I figured it would either make the hatred rise to the top so I could block them or it would make people say, oh, there's, there's a person making these memes and I, and I see it and I can, now I can put a face to the interactions that I have on a daily basis three or four times a day. This person either reads my mind or says something that I was thinking of and now I know what that person looks like. So I started doing it more and more. Now I feel like I can post almost anything on that page and it won't maybe do as well as a meme that's crushing, but it won't be like, who are you? Like people know who I am now mm -hmm. on everything, on Tanks Good News. I just posted on Influencers in the Wild a video that um, was taken yesterday. It's so funny. Um, anyway, but it's like there's people either hate you or love you, and I don't care if it's either one. I, I'm not attached yeah. to, mm -hmm. to one or the other. It's when people are like not interested where you're in danger. 100%. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's I've, I've learned that too. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing Tanks Good News for? Because that, like, that feels like it exploded quickly. Yeah, so Tanks Good News, I started in October of 2018. Just hit two years. No, October of 2017. Gotcha. So it just hit two years. It was during Hurricane Harvey that I started that. Okay. And it, so that one hit 100,000 in a week. And I was wow. like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then the influencers in the wild thing happened. And it's, it was like, I don't know. It's, this, this page has really turned me on my head mm. in a good way. And so influencers, influencers of the wild now has about like 1.6 million followers. Yeah. Wow. You've only had it up for about a week and a half, two weeks. No, yesterday was a month. The oh, a month. The 10th okay. was a month. Yeah. So this one will overtake. That's incredible. Tank Sinatra. Correct? 100%. Yeah. And probably not too long from now. Yeah. Um, do you feel good about that? Or do you wish that Tank Sinatra were continuing to grow at the same pace that influences the wild has been? I mean, I wish everything was growing at the same pace Influencers of the Wild was right. growing. But Tank Sinatra is your most kind of personal account. Oh, yeah. So now this other one that you are the kind of overseer of, do you feel that that will not help you grow your brand as much as if Tank Sinatra would have? No, um, this, this is a good question, and there's so many facets to it. What's happened with Influencers in the Wild is I have my name in the, the spot where like, you know how you have saw, like, yeah, the, your profile. Yeah. I put it in there and then I put Tank Sinatra, Tank's Good News, like all boats rise with the tide. So it's not growing as fast as Influencers in the Wild, but it's definitely seen a spike. And I learned a very valuable lesson with Tank's Good News when I, I was kind of complaining to my, um, my friend Adam, who runs Adam the Creator, about the success of <laughs> Tank's Good News. The engagement's really high. Shit does better on there than it does on my main page. And he just looked at me and he goes, <laughs> Bro, you're losing to yourself. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? And I was like, all right, that's a good point. It is still my account. So do I wish all the accounts were doing great? Sure. But it's, I, I try and look at the positive mm -hmm. and influences in the wild is growing at a pace that like I never, ever, ever could have predicted or thought of. 
and I'm just happy that it's it's growing. If I have if influencers in the wild is my biggest page, which it's definitely going to be, and that page has I don't know, I don't know what the limit is on it. I know that there's a couple of pages out there that are very specific. Um I think this has more mass appeal and I think that it could be a 10, 15 million follower page, no problem, which will then drag Tank Sinatra up to four or five, Tank's Good News up to four or five. And anything could happen at any time. A story on Tank Sinatra or something that I do on Tank Sinatra could, could take me to 10 million. You never know. Like that, the Catch Me Outside girl, which I think about, oh, I yeah. think about her all the time. Incredible. Her Dr. Phil episode aired a year before she happened. Seriously? And there was memes about her the, the, the day that the episode aired. So it was just like, all of a sudden, the internet was like, you got to happen now. I fucking love her. That's true. I love that baby. Oh, yeah. It didn't pop until a year later? Maybe more. Maybe a year and a half. That's so There was weird. definitely some space in between the episode and the, uh, and the virality. Some, someone and now just, she's become a hip-hop artist yep. or something? Bro, yeah. never has somebody been so real and so consistent ever. <laughs> You do you call them hoes? Yup. Yeah. Bro, she was hard as fuck in that interview. She is today still. God bless her. Bad Bobby, is that her name? Bad baby. 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 Yeah, it's it's hard because there's an H in there. It's like I, I know. know. It's <laughs> I believe she's still underage. Is she yeah. is she is she selling well? I mean, is she getting she does well. Traction? She she definitely has the label behind her because her good singles have really good features on them. I like some of her songs. Like I am non-ironically a supporter. Yeah. Interesting. Good for her. Yeah. She's got an interesting, uh, I hope, I think about whether or not her story ends in tragedy. I hope it doesn't. I hope she can. Right. But but when you come from a family like that, where the mother, like she's on, she was on Dr. Phil because she was out of control. Yeah. That's already in the bag of, of, of <laughs> tricks. Track records. That was her itself. starting spot. Her starting point was insanity. So you throw followers, fame, and money in there. I just hope that she can manage it properly. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I say this all the time. If, I, if Tank Sinatra happened when I was 25, I would have blew it, definitely. It would have changed how I thought about myself and the world. And mm. it would have, I was already so grounded and so established emotionally. Like I had a wife, kids, job. I was already like a full-blown adult. Mm-hmm. When Tank Sinatra happened. So there was no getting ahead of myself or, or the ego swelling up. Right. Okay, so walk me through your process of how you source material for Tank Sinatra mm-hmm. and how you dress it up yourself. Like how I contextualize it and make well, it my own? Y- sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you, do you troll the internet for, uh, for p- funny pictures and then think of ways to put captions with them that make them different? Yeah, it's both. It's um, it's either I see something and I think that would be a funny meme. It's it it's Colin. What Quinn. is a meme? What is a meme? It's um, I don't know, dude. This could take up the whole podcast. It's like it's too. It's like what is a sandwich? You know I can I mean? tell you what a sandwich is. No, you can't. Sandwich I mean, not quickly is two pieces of bread with shit in the middle that you eat. All right, so it's a picture with words above it. Right, not in it. I mean, sometimes the fucking, sometimes it's an open face sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. There, there's... Nice. <laughs> there you go. That's well done. That this is perfect. I like the sandwiches. And it doesn't have to be funny either. That's the thing. Like, there's been stuff on Facebook that I've seen that is just like informational or even political. And someone will be like, did you see that meme that I posted? And I'm like, 
it's not a meme, but it is now. Like, there's no fighting what this thing has become. It's mm-hmm. just, it's if I, I mean, it's an easily digestible, complete thought or piece of information. Mm-hmm. I like the funny memes, but there are different forms of memes. There's inspirational memes. There's educational memes. There's political memes. There's, I mean, it's very hard to nail it down and it keeps changing but here's here's what's crazy to me about memes yeah the humor can be so vague mm-hmm. right that the line between connecting with a ton of people and not making much sense at all yeah. <laughs> is very fine yeah right yeah. do you know what i'm saying i know exactly like let's saying. imagine that we were taking we took a picture of some viral concept right let's say the okay boomer thing right mm-hmm. And we took a picture, or no, let's make it even easier. The famous photo of the stock photo of the guy looking back over his shoulder at the girl walking the other way while he holds the hand of his disgruntled girlfriend, right? And there have been a billion memes made on that photo. I could take a crack at that where I think that the words I'm using to convey make perfect sense, but... Nobody understands what I'm fucking talking about, or it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then Julio could do the same thing, change an adjective, use a different artist's name, and all of a sudden that pops off. Totally. And you're talking about shades of gray. Oh, yeah. How have you been able to have such an interpretive finger on the pulse of the people digesting this content? Because I'm one of the people digesting the content. Like I'm a I'm a consumer of it also. But you are I would almost say you are a driver of it. Your account is so big that you in a way <clears throat> define memes before they've been defined. Right. Like I'm a consumer too and I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like we all are. So how do you be I would, a consumer and then also make it? I would personally reject that, but from somebody who's not a meme maker, I can see how that would be you you would think that's the case. But I don't know if I've never... So Influencers in the Wild is the most viral thing I've ever done. <clears throat> and I am I'm kind of... Maybe I'm just a little bit ahead of the average person on what's happening in the meme world, but I don't consider myself a meme maker in the sense that... So the real... So the, the term meme was coined by Richard Dawkins. He used it to describe genetics and the way that genetics replicate each other and spread across DNA or whatever it is. Then it became <clears throat> a thought or an idea that is spread rapidly across different platforms or um, people, like just something that kind of catches on. So a single image with words above it is not as much of a meme as the image that you're talking about, which experiences billions of different iterations. Like that's a real meme. The individual piece is not really a right. meme. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, but it is because like that's the, the easy the way to describe content. it. Something that becomes different, like memeable, yeah. exactly yeah. memeable. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. So then the term has like grown to encompass different things. It's monstrous. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard, and it just keeps changing and getting bigger and bigger. Right. So it's funny. I didn't realize influencers in the wild was so young. Like I, somebody shared a post with me the other day. <laughs> a didn't realize it was yours yet. Yeah. B, I thought that that had been a thing. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Obviously, that's a thing. It's crazy that it's so young. Well, it doesn't make sense that somebody, respectfully, had not done it before. Yeah. It just seems great to name. me like we've seen those kinds of clips, especially like on beaches where a boyfriend. Yeah, there's. You know, I found out there's an account called of Instagram, Boyfriends of Instagram. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
and and everyone always like we want these people to fail because when we see it happening when you see how the sausage is made mm -hmm. for all these fucking instagram posts of girls on beaches jumping up in the air guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting really spectacular if you want to start your very own podcast anchor.fm download it now one of my favorite ones you posted was of a guy setting up an auto capture photo with a dslr camera on a tripod in some downtown city and he jumps up and points at the camera runs around to check it <laughs> gets frustrated do you remember that of course yeah that's like my favorite one because we are seeing <laughs> the insanity and so, the indulgence of this process so now i'm going to show you how the the casing on the sausage is made excellent <laughs> so that is actually a friend of mine he he has an account called the Peace by Guy, where he makes all these different viral. He if, if anybody has a finger on what fucking goes viral, it's this guy. He makes these videos where it's you're observing him from afar. You ever see the the video of the guy peeling the hot dog like a string cheese and eating it? <laughs> no. He just does these absurd things. Is he the guy who gets rejected by the girl when he tries to kiss her? And I mean, you, you've one thousand percent seen this guy. Yes, yeah, that yeah, guy's yeah. a fucking genius. So that's you know a, that guy. That's a piece by guy, and that's dude with sign. <laughs> guy's a genius. So that the the guy with the long hair is dude with sign, and the and the guy with the short hair is a piece by guy. Unbelievable. So it's that one out of all of them. There's two that I've posted of his. That one is the, the that's staged, but it but I don't care. No, who cares? Because. It was so fucking funny when he throws his arms up in frustration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy is a genius, dude. So his inspiration, I love him so much. His, that guy's his, a genius. His comedy hero is Mr. Bean. Uh -huh. He huh. loves physical comedy, subtle physical comedy, yeah. and he's so good at it. Yeah. He, did, he just sent me another one that I posted that, that fucking killed. His video's crush he's amazing dude wow That's he's so he's his, his brain is like on another level some people just speak the language yeah I, I guess that's what it is so so to your so your to your question before sometimes i'll think that would be a funny meme and i'll search for a picture which is way harder than go, combing through pictures and thinking of a caption when i see the picture but i have this weird thing like it's not <clears throat> Long story short, when I was very young, like five or six, I went for an IQ test because I fucking like punched some kid in the head and I got sent to the school uh, psychologist and they were like, you, we got to figure out if you can even be here. Uh -huh. you, know? <laughs> you might be dumb or, or what is, what are like, you know, 70 IQ, you might be dull, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the IQ test, I obviously did terrible at the math and whatever, but one of the parts of the IQ test, I'm assuming this was before emotional intelligence became its own separate thing. The psychologist said, look at this picture. Tell me what's happening in this picture. And I was very young. My son is now seven. So I have some frame of reference for it. 
It was an old lady and an old man in a room on a couch. The guy was standing behind the woman with his hand on her shoulder. And I made up this whole story about how, you know, I forget ex the exact story, but it was something about their kid leaving and now they're home in the house, you know, in the house alone and they got to figure out how to spend their time. And my, my IQ, because of that, because that was weighted, however it was weighted, was like 132. So I bombed the math and all the other typically, you know, engineering, mechanical, smart stuff, and I nailed this emotional part. So something happens when I see a picture where I'm immediately able to connect it to something that happened in my life, or I'm not, because I do go through a lot of pictures where I see nothing. But there's a lot of times where it's just, I, I see something and I'm like, oh, that reminds me of this time when I did this. I'm going to write this and there's a little bit of tweaking but it's not like joke writing it's not where you got to do it over and over and over again and find out because you just said why does one word make a difference you know why one word makes a difference certain words are funnier mm -hmm. certain words work mm -hmm. better right so there is a little bit of that to it but it's more either like instantaneous or it's never at all mm -hmm. depending on you know how how many times you look at the picture 100 how often do you get it wrong how often do you throw something out there that is just a dud? And then it, do you ever take it down or do you, you in, leave it up? In the past, all the time. Oh my God, all the time. But now it's like, I don't, real, I don't make a meme unless I think it's going to do well. And if it doesn't, I'm surprised. Whereas I used to be surprised if something did well before. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm very surprised. Anytime yeah. something of mine does well on stage, you I, mean? No, well, I mean, really, on Instagram and yeah. on Twitter, I have no explanation as to why. Yeah, certain things work and certain things. It's don't. very. I mean, and it's constantly changing. The algorithm is constantly changing. People's tastes are constantly changing. Like I posted a um, a meme during the Super Bowl that somebody actually sent to me. So I, I don't. I don't want to take credit for it, but it was almost, almost the perfect meme. If it, it's as close to perfect a meme as I've ever seen. It was uh, 50 year old women in the 80s versus 50 year old women in, in, the two, in 2020. Mm -hmm. It was Blanche from Golden Girls, such a beloved character, and JLo. So <laughs> it was the Super Bowl. It was glorifying both forms of aging as mm -hmm. equally, you know, whatever. One's different than the other, but it was just like. It, that's a that meme has done did the best out of any meme I've ever. That posted. one went everywhere. Oh and yeah, it led to an uproar. Some people were saying, you know, yeah, I missed that. The, I didn't read the comments. I did hear excellent. about that later. Yeah, love but a good debate. Your your explanation speaks to a very harmless and wonderful acknowledgement of you know Blanche, yeah. and in no way are you saying like fifty year old women today have to look like J Lo, which right. is how right. some angry people took it. Yeah, man. I don't know. People, I've learned one thing, and that's that out of, I think once you hit a certain number, let's say, let's call it 100,000, doesn't matter what you post, somebody is going to find fault with it. Yeah. Somebody's right. having a bad day. People always people. read things the way they don't want to read them. Yeah. They, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, my this God. is something I've Definitely. learned. The, 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 if it's vague, Looking like a it. meme, and there is an open to interpretation aspect of it, Yeah, the way that they think would be most offensive to them is how they read it yeah wait so you said they read it people exactly always read how things they don't want to read it the way that they don't want to read it yeah that's it i've been trying to nail that down for like 15 this years. is something good, I, I i learned that's a long good. time ago like there, there, you know you could have a full paragraph right about mm -hmm. the advancement of native american causes in america right 
And if there's one sentence that says something vague at all about, you know, how the U.S. government maybe was correct in in there, whatever it may be. Yeah. That is the piece that will stick out and define the entire thing. To certain people. To Native Americans. Or to white people who feel guilty and are... On behalf of, of... yeah, and yeah. Vicarious outrage is fucking. I do it's something crazy. I do not understand at yeah. all. It's Living not even angrily your through people. Other people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's That's not crazy. even your outrage to have. And if you talk to the people who should be outraged, normally they're like, mm, I don't know, that person's a little they're like chill. That person's Dude, a little crazy. It... But you know that the more a joke is explained, the less funnier exactly it is. So vagueness can sometimes lend to being something being funnier. My favorite comedians. I I've I, I'm, I haven't cracked the code of being funny, but I figured out some things. And what I figured out is that funny people say what you would say if you had an extra second, if you could just get it out, or you were bold enough to say it. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Really funny people say what you would think if you had an extra second. Like Brian Regan has what I consider to be the the best joke of all time about him being in school with the. Ox, ox in box, oh, ox, yeah, and you yeah, know that joke? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Moosin? I mean, fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, was, he, I was like, Meese is going to be funny, and I'm going to laugh at Meese, because the goose, geese, moose, Meese yeah. said that's going to be funny. He said Moosin, and I fucking lost my mind. Mm-hmm. And then in the later rant, he says Meese. So he, like, gives you what you wanted. That's, I mean, he's fucking, that joke is perfect. Yeah. A perfect joke. I think that's a very interesting point you just made which is um, the amount of time master comedian, right? So for me, like, okay, yeah, I'll tell a joke, right, in in conversation. And half an hour later, I think back, and I have a far better version Mm -hmm. of that joke, but I I needed half an hour to come up with it. Yeah, The amount, the better you get at comedy, the shorter that time is until finally one day you can come up with it in the moment. Yeah. There's a scene I just saw that was on that uh, David Spade show, Lights Out. And the guests were Andrew Santino, Chris D'Elia, and unfortunately, I can't remember the, the woman, but obviously very funny. Was it Annie Letterman? It may have been. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't even know Annie Letterman. But the Santino and D'Elia start mm-hmm. playing a game of, like, punchline tennis. Mm-hmm. And each one that they hit, is better than the one before. Mm-hmm. And it was like watching a, a masterful game of ping pong. I yeah. mean, it, where I was like, okay, yep, that was the best I could have done. Yeah. I would tap out of this conversation here. And then Dalia would tag on top of that. And and I'm like, how many how many steps behind would I have been out? You know, probably yeah. three or four. Especially when you're in an environment that you're not used to and the lights are on and the cameras are rolling exactly. and to be comfortable to think, to be able to think still. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. The, um, but I wanted to say something before you said that the page seems older than it is. It's just, it's been around a month Right. from the inside. I know that obviously, but people, a lot of people don't and people will like, I post, I forgot what I posted, but someone was like, you know, this page used to be good. Now it fucking, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like when? Fucking two o'clock? Like, when was it good? Uh, On Tuesday? <laughs> it's been for a month. I don't even know what the page is yet. I'm yeah. still trying right. to find the tone of the page. 
It's great. Man. Do you think that you can continue to grow it just from sticking with this theme? Uh, or are yeah. you going to have to expand? I would like to expand eventually, but I also have seen people nail an idea and then expand too quickly and lose, mm -hmm. you know, a little steam on the original idea. So I had, you know, of course, eventually, you know, I could break it up into different, you know, people taking pictures of food, dads in the wild, moms yeah. in the wild, kids in the wild, whatever. Right now, it's just the, the whole point of the page, because this is something that people also miss. They're like, this person's just a regular person. They're not an influencer. It's like, well, they are because every person, every picture that every person takes now is through the filter of how is this going to do on Instagram? So you are an influencer, whether you like it or not. If you have an Instagram account and a Facebook or whatever, wherever you tend to post your pictures, you're an influencer. You're not a you know, 10 million follower influencer, but <clears throat> you do think like, I know my mom, when she takes a picture of her dog, she goes, oh, this is going to bang. I'm going to get 20 likes on this picture right. and it's going to feel good because mm -hmm. usually totally. I get seven or eight, you know? So it's like everyone is thinking about everyone that. Has totally. it, yeah. and dude, I would actually argue that the people who act like they reject that culture are actually more influenced by it. For sure. It's for almost sure. like people not having money, only talking about money. Yeah. It's like the same concept. Mm. Like I have friends who text me asking about captions who like are private and actually like don't give a fuck about Instagram. And then they're texting me about caption. Yeah. It's like, bro, the answer is don't put a caption. That caption is retarded. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. whatever he's saying, it's like some stupid things like, Oh, we came, we conquered. Is this good? I'm like, yeah. no, it's yeah. terrible, dude. <laughs> I want to ask you about all the recent success you've had. You went on Ellen DeGeneres' show. Yeah. Ellen. You guys know Ellen? <laughs> yeah, she's big. She's doing well. Yeah. Big. How'd you get that? It's a long story. It's a very long story. Can I just plug my podcast? Of course. Absolutely. Okay, so the Think Tank podcast, I just did an episode called How to Get Press, where I went through basically the timeline of how I went from starting to getting on Ellen. The Ellen story, do you want to hear the whole story? or? Well, if it's really? on your podcast, I think we can just point people to that. But um... It was a very sneaky, patient there was a lot, it was, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. I don't want to mm. eat up too much time. It wasn't just like, I didn't hire a publicist and ask them to get me on Ellen. It was like constant awareness, paying attention, patience, pings, sit back, push forward. No pinging her. No, her people. You don't ping Ellen. Dude. Well, <laughs> She's unpingable. Yeah, I guess so. She's got a ping force field around yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, her people. So, so the beginning of it, <laughs> I'm just picturing Ellen sitting and reading a book yeah. and someone throwing a rock at the force field and, and her being like, was that a ping? Meteorites. And then someone else being like, no, 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 go back to your tea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she doesn't, she can't be bothered. There's yeah. too many people. Yeah. Um, she does these pranks and she posted a video once of her pranking her producer, one of her producers, Kevin Lehman. And I clicked on his Instagram handle and it said, follow back. And I was like, Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna follow back. So I followed back, didn't say anything, waited a while, commented congratulations on one of his pictures. He got engaged to his long-term boyfriend, which, believe it or not, in this day and age, it's still met with some resistance. Hmm. Gay marriage. So I, I, I don't give a shit. I commented congrats. Whenever if you can find somebody who you want to spend time with, like, big deal. So. That comes into play because later I sent him a message about Game of Games because I saw his name and I said, I said, hey, um, I, said, I forgot exactly what I said. said. Something like, hey, I just saw your name on Game of Games. Didn't realize you were involved in that too. 
congratulations. I love everything you're doing. And he wrote back like immediately. He's like, we love you. We're big fans. And I was like, oh, wow, fuck. <laughs> and then I said, I appreciate you commenting on my picture of the engagement. It's a big deal. It means, it means a lot to us, right? So that was the beginning. And there's so much in between. But the big turning point for me was when a friend of mine said, uh, I was very frustrated. Not frustrated. I just didn't know what was going on. Because we shot. So I, I went out there. There's so much that I'm leaving out, but I went out there, we shot stuff, and then I didn't hear from them for like six months. We shot it in May, June, no, not six months, maybe four months, but we shot stuff, and I didn't realize we shot it at the end of their season, which is when they go into like hibernation mode. They don't do anything except for what they absolutely have to, because there's so much that has to go on during the season. So another daytime show reached out to me in September and said, we'd love to have you on six times this year. We want you to be a recurring thing on the show. It shoots in New York, which was better because it's closer. So before I signed that with them, I said, I called the producer that I was dealing with this guy, Corey. And I said, Hey, just so you know, like, I'm not using this to like try and force your hand. I just like, I don't want you to turn on the TV one day and see me on there. This show reached out to me. They want me to be a recurring member. I know we shot stuff. I assume that it's not going to work out. No hard feelings. I just wanted to let you know, this is what's going on. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like, we, we, you ha we had you on our board to call you. Like, September is go time for these daytime talk shows. Mm -hmm. That's when they get everything in order and they wait till the absolute last minute because once they get going, it gets crazy mm -hmm. and there's no stopping. So they had me booked for September 24th or 25th. They moved that <laughs> to December 12th. And this is when I was like, I, I'm, I'm proud of being on the show. I'm most proud of the patience that I exhibited during the process because I'm not a patient person at right. all. And my friend said to me, he goes, bro, it takes time for God to align the stars. You know, like, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look out into the night sky, the stars appear to be not moving, but they are going so fast. Everything is moving so fast. If you want to get a, an article written on you in the local patch, you could do that real easily. If you want to be on Ellen, like they need to move some shit around mm. and make it work. Like he explained to me, he goes, we can't have you on the show with, you know, another straight white male. We need to have somebody who's, you know, um, right. complimentary to you so that the episode is complete and full and whatever. And I was like, man, like there's so much that I didn't know and still that I still don't know. I said, I'm just going to trust you guys. They put me on during one of the highest rated times of the year, the 12 days of uh, Christmas giveaway, which is a huge, huge thing. And it worked out. I mean, the appearance was fine from the outside. From the inside, it was a disaster. From my, from my body outward, oh, man. What do you mean? It just was, I was so not expecting to feel that elevated. Like you walk out and thank God I had done stand up for a very short period of time, six months. So I got, I got control over the pre-show nerves where I wasn't really nervous beforehand, but more so thank God I started doing jujitsu because jujitsu really teaches you to like manage your shit and control your adrenaline and your heart rate and like observe and be honest with what is a threat and what isn't. Cause when you walk out and literally 800 women scream in your direction and you can feel the wind almost from the scream. You're like, oh, I got to fight everybody in here. <laughs> this is what's happening. I'm fucking caveman mode. That's crazy. Your adrenaline just goes from zero to 104. 
out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I'll show you guys after because it's not going to work on the thing. Everything you need to know about my appearance, you can see in my walkout. Mm. When I'm like. You're just freaking out. Yeah, but super high, high speed. I've never turned my head that fast in my entire life. I felt like I snapped my neck. I didn't know where I was going. (laughs) And then having watched it back, do you feel good about the way that you presented yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to go back on and reference how nervous I was the first Uh, time uh and then they'll see it. But now that, now that I've been on the stage, I can see how other people are not a hundred percent themselves when they're on the show. When Mm -hmm. I watch other interviews, you can, now you can like see it. And the producer Corey said to me when I walked off stage, (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry, man. I don't, you know, whatever. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry. I blew it. And he was like, no, you did great. You did like, you did great. Better than we thought, actually. We thought you were going to do good. And I was like, you're just saying that. You know, I was still like in that mode. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, listen to me. He goes, that, we were standing by the picture of Diddy getting scared by the It Clown. Remember that? (laughs) That was like one of the first big scares they did. He goes, I, he goes, that's me dressed up as the clown. When I was in the box, I was scared he wasn't going to be scared because they hadn't like done it yet that much. He goes, what we learned after that, because Diddy's a world-class performer, has performed for tens of hundreds of thousands of people at once, millions over the course of his lifetime. He goes, when people put their ass in that seat, they forget who they are and where they are and what they're doing. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter. Barack Obama sits down in that chair. He's not himself all the way. Mm -hmm. He's, He's probably a higher percentage of himself than I was. He's maybe 93, 94. I was like, 72% 72% mm. of my, my full capability. But it was also a very quick interview. Mm-hmm. I didn't get, really get a chance to like settle into it. It took me two minutes to, to breathe. Wow. And then it was a four-minute interview. And it was four minutes because I forgot two things. That's <laughs> fucking cool, dude. That's great. <laughs> and did you bail on the other contract with the other show? Oh, yeah. I don't want to say bail, but yeah. Yeah, no, I just to... couldn't sign it, yeah. Because right. we're doing a... That's great, um, dude. When does this come out? Next Thursday. All right, so there's there's a chance it's going to be out by then. We we shot a bunch of other stuff out there while I was out there. We shot a uh, a show that is basically like a meme based talk show, and that's going to be launching. It was supposed to launch today. They had some issues with the clearances. I told you about that. Yeah. They had some issues with clearing some of the photos, so it's supposed it's supposed to launch next week on the nineteenth, February nineteenth, wow. which I'm very very fucking excited for. Are you hosting that? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, man. How many episodes of that did you shoot? We shot three. They're all pilots. They got to see how it performs if it does well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, sh- I mean, the the people that are in the first episode are massive mm-hmm. stars. So it should, and it came out great. It's great. I think, I mean, yeah. who knows? We'll see. So what's next for you? I know that's an annoying question, but you are in the midst of a real blossoming of so many different things. How are you going to harness it and how, what are you hoping to build with all this? Wow. I'm not. So I would have thought I knew years ago what I wanted. Um, it's not that I don't know what I want. It's just that like, I, I, I know that whatever I think is going to happen is probably not going to happen. And what's going to happen is something that I can't even envision right now. So right now, what's next is just keep going and pushing and, and staying aware of opportunities and being smart about which ones I take and which ones I don't and hoping for the best. This Ellen thing, I think, is going to be a huge deal, though. 
I really think my, my, so my ultimate vision, vision for everything is, um, so I hope I don't, you know, I hope I can take this clip one day and be like, see, I said it. <laughs> That'll be a meme. Yeah. Be like tank in 2020. All like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I think I have the, the legs and the work ethic to be Ellen's like Dr. Phil to take my own stand on my own two feet under her umbrella, but carry a whole show that would be fun, educational, inspirational, earnest, but you know, but humorous. I, that would be, that's like my dream job is to have a show where I can sit and talk with people like this. This is like podcasting is the best. Because we probably would never sit for an hour and just talk no. if it wasn't for the podcast. Right. It's so hard to get together with people for no reason. Right. These microphones make it happen. I mean, I'm enjoying talking to you. I hope you're enjoying talking to me. Very Indeed. much. But Indeed. the microphones are like the, the gateway yeah. to, to getting to know people better. They keep people off their phones. Yeah. They, they, right. keep, they force you to ask questions. Yeah. Totally, Stuff dude. like that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So a talk show would be ideal. Whether I don't, I don't care if it's on TV or not. And that I'm not concerned with, but mm -hmm. to align myself with her as somebody who's got so much positive brand equity in the world and so much, um, you know, just anything associated with her is mega positive. Mm -hmm. um, and it's positive in a way that also allows for imperfection, which I like. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you align yourself with people and it's like you, you fall under like tremendous scrutiny. And I don't. I don't want the scrutiny. Not that I can't stand up to it or I wouldn't own the mistakes that I've made in the past or will make in the future, definitely. Um, I just don't want somebody looking at my every move. But maybe people are doing that already. Who right. knows? Right. I don't know. Did, did you see, you know who Ryan Long is? Yeah. <laughs> did you see his video? No. About the internet tattletale? I have not seen it. Oh, man. It's so good. Is it? I've watched it like five times. Yeah. All right. I'll check that out. I'm an internet tattletale. My job is to comb through podcasts and articles for weird shit that people may have said. That way, in the event they have any success in their life, I'm able to ruin it immediately. <laughs> oh, man. I actually reached out to him about that. I saw that he followed me also. I was like, dude, this video is incredible. Huh. I love people that don't take shit too seriously. Yeah. Can't. Hell yeah. Do you have any uh, mistakes that you've made along the way that you'd like to shine a light on for the sake of this podcast? Mistakes in my life? Sure. Oh, my God. Um, a moment where you were like, oh, boy, that nearly ruined everything. I don't only be, I mean, I've definitely made mistakes, but I learned when I had my appendix out when, uh, when I was 14 and I had just started working out and I got, you know, over the, over the year, I got very strong and I was very focused on it and I had my appendix out. Um, maybe I was 15, maybe I was in 10th grade. And I said to my dad, I couldn't work out for a month. And I was like, man, I'm, I can't believe I can't work out for a month. I'm going to lose all this muscle. And like in a, in an instant, he goes, you didn't gain it all in a month. You're not going to lose it all in a month. And I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. I'm going to enjoy this fucking jello then and chill and relax. And what I've learned is that very rarely does one thing really ruin you. There are things you can do that are so bad that, Unfortunately, for your life, they will define you for the rest of your life. Rapist, murderer, child molester, you know, whatever. Those things, like, they just, they define you. They become who you are because right. they're so bad. I don't think I've done anything that bad, and I don't think I'm going to do anything that bad where somebody would go, that's Tank. That's the, you know, the guy who, who said that. It's like, 
I think we're getting to a point where people are so fed up with the scrutiny that it's like nobody cares anymore. People do care now, but I think they will not care very soon. And it'll just be like, I don't need everybody to like me. I need a few, I need a few million people. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of those things where if, you know, you were thinking Uh, it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I need, in all honesty, I need, I don't know. I think about this article, a thousand raving fans. I need 50,000 people (laughs) to love me. Sounds insane. (laughs) At the very least, you know, if, if this all falls apart, I can go, like, I would love to go speak for a living and, uh-huh. and, 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 you know, do like my, my, my dream job besides the TV show, what Henry Rollins does where he just goes and he's like, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. That's like ideal to me. That's why I yeah. got out of stand up. the fucking relentless need for punchlines. It just, I don't, I, I don't like that. I'm right. not into that. Mm-hmm. I want to get serious sometimes. Yeah. You know? Love Very that. cool, man. Very cool. Well, I, we wish you the best of luck. I yeah, man. It was really, absolutely. You guys can follow him, of course, at Tank Sinatra, at Influencers in the Wild, at Tank's Good News. Yeah. Um, anything else we need to know? Oh, listen to your podcast. The Think Tank podcast. Listen to my podcast with Francis, where we had a great laugh over how differently we grew up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people love bringing that up. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, people always ask me about it. That's so funny. Tim Dillon asked me about it. He was like, uh, he was like, what did, where did your mom go to school? I was like, my mom went to Princeton. First class of women at Princeton. Then she yeah. got her PhD at Yale. And he goes, huh, my mom was a wiki-watchy mermaid <laughs> in Tampa serving $12, you know? Like, yeah. I'm like, it's just so funny. So. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah. Our pleasure. Uh, G, anything yeah. coming up? Um, uh, March 16th to 19th, Denver Comedy Works. Um, not Julio, as always. Francis? Yeah, March 5th to the 7th. Come to come to Helium in Philly. Mm. It's going to be a great weekend. Bunch of shows. Hope to see you guys there. Get tickets for that at FrancisEllis.com. And as always, send your oopses in to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com or DM them to our Instagram account at oopsthepodcast. For now, it's Francis Julio and Tank Sinatra, signing off. See you next week.